five, four, three, two, one. Better get limber, because she's covering everything. Music, movies, TV, who knows? But get ready, because she may surprise you. It's time now for the Jenny position. Welcome to the Jenny position, episode number one. My name is Jennifer Smith. Thank you so much for following me here. Um, If you know me from Place to Be Nation Pop, thank you so much um, for trying me out over here and, and and seeing what I got going on. Uh, a couple of things that I want to sort of clarify about this new venture of mine, the Jenny Position. Uh, this will be an episodic podcast starting from today, and each episode will probably be a little something different. So um, some of my shows from Place to Be Nation Pop will be episodes of the Jenny Position. So you will get a Freak Out Drive-In episode. You will get a Talk and Pop episode. And then whatever else I've got cooked up. So look for those um, when they come out. I'm aiming for weekly. So we will see on that. Um, also on this feed, uh, the exclusive home now for Geek and Sassy, which was the first podcast that I ever started with my friend, Miranda. So we are 37, 37 episodes deep uh, on Geek and Sassy. So we're just going to keep our numbering and we're going to be on this feed. So um, pretty much the same deal. You know, as far as Geek and Sassy, we will, uh, instead of having marathon three and a half hour shows, we're going to try, we're going to split those up. So we were going to have bi-weekly shows 60 to 30 minutes um, so that you can get something a little bit more consistently from Geek and Sassy. Super excited about all of that and uh, before I talk about my first guest I want to say thank you to a couple of people that have contributed um, their ideas, their time, their emotional support, um, their talent to helping me out starting on this venture. My my good friend Miranda, of course, who is my co-host and uh, who could have really decided that she didn't want to take this this plunge with me, but very graciously um, and bravely decided, let's do it, Jenny. So I love you, Miranda. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate you, and I can't wait to do more shows with you. Um, some of the leadership at Place to Me Nation, um, the the original PICs, Scott and Justin, both very helpful and encouraging and um, supportive. So I appreciate you guys, along with uh, the owner of PlaceToBeNation.com, Andy Atherton, and the manager, Todd Weber who I will talk about a little bit later. Going forward, I hope to have a lot of new voices and some familiar voices for you and a lot of different formats. And um, if this if this vision can come together, then boy, that'll be great. <laughs> Wish me luck. In addition, I would like to thank Mr. Jeff Jarvis for coming up with my logo 
for the Jenny position. I put him through the ringer on uh, a lot of his design ideas, but I think he came up with something simple and perfect, and I really love it. Thank you so much, Jeff, for all of your time spent on that. It was a, it was difficult. <laughs> I was a diva. No, I wasn't. Uh, another note, I wanted to say that my intro music is by a band called The Brother Kite, and the song is called Spinning Wheels. Uh, check out Brother Kite. I think you can find them on Spotify and YouTube. Uh, pretty great band. So this will be episode one. I wanted to start out with something that was just me. Just simple. Um, a conversation with a friend. We're not trying to review anything or or anything other than just try to relate to somebody and um, it's not always easy to do that so having a nice deliberate conversation it it feels so rare um, for me and I don't want to I want I want to be able to reach out to somebody and try to know them and try to understand them and try to be understood myself. Um, so all that is a very self-important way of saying that I had a conversation with my friend Todd Weber, who um, is fantastic and has helped me since day one of my podcast journey. And so I wanted to um, honor him by making him number one on this new feed and new show. Um, Todd is a delightful human being. Um, I have known him for a while. He wears many hats. He's very busy. So I was extremely happy that he found the time to sit down with me and just talk. Like, you know, we're so busy. We don't. We have so many things. And sometimes you don't just talk to somebody about random things. Like maybe somebody's always wanted to ask you something. Or maybe you've always wanted to ask them something. Like... What's the origin of that? Where did that come from? Why do you, why are you into this? Um, what's your background? So, also, I am nosy, and that's um, just another way that I get around that. Okay, but it's not that I, I want to be nosy for malicious reasons; just just for nosy reasons, right? Okay, my nosy people know what I'm talking about. Um, so, I had a lovely, lovely conversation with Todd, and Todd is the um, manager over at my my former home and at Place to Be Nation Pop on his feed um, and he has comic shows over there and pop culture shows and anybody that um, is familiar with Place to Be Nation knows who Todd is and I think there are a lot of things that we talked about that most of you can probably relate to in one way or another um, hopefully some of it will resonate with you so thank you for joining me on on this very first episode of the Jenny Position, a chat with Todd Weber. Alright, so I wanted to talk to you today about a couple of things, Todd Weber. <laughs> um, I think that we have many things in common, but one of them right now is the curse of dieting. Yes. You are yes, and you just did a show that started with diet stuff. Yes, but, and, but I, I need some stories, right? I need some okay. larger 
per, I'm probably going to ask everybody. Larger person on. stories. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I need some, some, you know, some good positive stories. And I know that you have one. So I, I'm going to ask probably everybody from now on about their diving. Okay. Woes. Well, many of us can relate unless we are blessed with, I don't know, rabbit like metabolisms. And we know some people like that and I hate them all. Yes. It's automatic hate if you have a good metabolism. Sorry. And it's not their fault. No. But it's but we can still. Yeah, we we can't help it. But you've had some success recently? What what have you, you know, been doing? Yes, I, I am currently on a losing trajectory. That's an easy enough word for me to say. Mm-hmm. Uh where I have I started a diet late July and I'm losing I guess weight at about a five to six pound per week clip wow. uh, very steadily and it's just dietary it's uh, just cal- caloric reduction with a meal plan or or a meal supplement plan from a company that my wife is connected to and or at least not connected to it's not like a multi-level marketing or anything <laughs> like that but I know how you one of, all those. yeah oh, oh yeah well <laughs> it's uh we could do a whole show on that yeah, one too. We can, yeah, we can talk about that. But no, my wife's uh, step cousin, no, not step cousin, half sister, because my wife has a very interesting story, and we've talked. To, I've talked about that a little bit, where um, she was the pro- the she was a love child basically, and it, she learned later in life she had all these half siblings, and she's been reconnecting with them. And one of them oh, is yeah. is uh, having some weight loss success, so she adopted her plan and used her as this um, reference and got the information from her, and so we've been doing it with with my wife's half-sister, um, kind of coaching through, and then after my Hawaiian vacation, where I pretty much ate everything, mm-hmm. I, I said, and I saw some pictures, and I'm like, oh, you know, I think it's time. I really do, and my wife had been uh, having medium success with it since i don't know the spring and i just said let's just let's try this because my doctor uh, advised me i i suffered a suffered i i have dual hernias um this spring and after getting everything involved um evaluated with uh what's the term i forget the the testing it's not an mri it was cat scan Mm -hmm. on my CT, ct ct scan on my abdomen uh, doctor determined that yeah you've got bilateral fat bearing hernias that means the the muscle wall in my abdomen is compromised but what's mostly coming through there is body fat which is gross and kind of humiliating to hear and then I said well how do we fix this well uh, the the easiest way or the way that's going to make the most sense and the way that your insurance is going to support is uh, laparoscopic surgery. Oh, wow. And so to do that, to qualify for that, you have to be at a certain BMI. Mm-hmm. So, and you're not there. Well, how far do I have to be to be there? And he gave me a number and said, okay, um, I, I, I can, he, the doctor said, I can uh, put you in touch with our uh, HMO weight loss plan and counselors and things like that. Or you can kind of experiment yourself. And I said, well, I don't, eat, I don't go to a gym. I don't do these things. Let me do some lifestyle modifications, and we'll see. Because mm-hmm. it's really important for me to get this fixed. I, I would like to. It's a lot of discomfort. 
So after my my Hawaiian vacation, because I, I didn't want to compromise that with dieting and of course, and yes, yeah, cannot blame me. So Hawaii, my goodness, luau's <laughs> and lots of great food. Uh, I, I wanted to take that full advantage. But so when I got back, my wife and I uh, worked together and got me set up on a plan where I have five small meals of. 100 to 150 calories, um, two and a half hours, three hours apart, and then one moderate, what we call a lean and green meal, which is mostly lean protein and lettuce or vegetable greens. Um, So my caloric intake is about 1,200 calories per day or less at this point. So that's that's, that's the main impetus is that my, my intake is less than what I'm burning per day. Well, so I mean, yeah, it's working out yeah, really well. That's good. Um, how long have you been doing that for? Since July 27th, I believe. And we're at the almost, almost two month mark, which is pretty crazy that, you know, 20, 20 pounds per month is, is what we're looking at. Wow. Is that what you yeah. did? Yeah. That's what it, what it's become. It's so I have to think of the percentage, right? Okay. Um, so I, I started this and I was 290 which is really scary. It sounds really disgusting, um, you know, and I don't, I, I don't mean to shame anybody who is that, but I had never been that. My high school weight was maybe 205. I wrestled in high school at the 190 weight point, but I hadn't been below 200 uh, since high school. And I've kind of had fluctuating weight depending on how much I gig or because uh, gigging is, if I'm playing a long gig all night, that's a lot of calories I burn yeah. uh, throughout throughout. So that was kind of my primary exercise. I need to integrate walking or something into my current plan, and I haven't done that. But I think that's where I'm going to see the long term uh, sustained weight. But I'm I'm not necessarily to my goal yet. I I feel like I, I get compliments. Oh, you look you look like you've lost weight. You know, and mm-hmm. clothes are I have pants falling off me, which is great. Then I saw pictures from my class reunion, like I haven't lost that much weight. You know, I look kind of like I did ten years ago, which is which I guess that's something that's substantial. Yeah, but I find the smaller goals usually tend to help me too. Like if I don't do like you know anybody could be like I want to lose a hundred pounds, but just saying that sounds daunting. So (laughs) I found that if I just give myself these little short term goals, you know. 10 pounds by this, the class reunion or whatever, mm-hmm. or, um, or by spring break or whatever. So it just, those little goals, uh, tend to, tend to help me out, but that yeah, I'm, I'm very familiar with that chicken and veggies, uh, yes. dinner. You know, I, I was trying things like intermittent fasting yep. Yep. before and that, that seemed to work okay. But with my particular lifestyle where I work until, oh, I don't know, I eight o'clock, my time, Pacific time, usually I don't get to eat sometimes till nine thirty, nine fifteen. Um, it, it didn't seem to be as effective as I had hoped, and I don't know if that's just because I historically eat dinner later than one should. Somebody should eat dinner five to seven o'clock, but in that little window, and I, I never have. I've always, mm-hmm. but I don't usually. I, I usually skip breakfast too. In the last right. fifteen years, just because I'm. I don't know. Not unless I'm going to have a nice sit-down breakfast. I don't like sugary cereals or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I'm not even a sugar junkie. But um, I, I think well, I'll eat donuts when they're there. Well, I tend to I tend to favor meats, Ron Swanson type breakfast. <laughs> All of them. When All I have meats. breakfast every, you know, and that that would be maybe once or twice a week. So 
you know, even though I'm maybe, um, I don't think I, I've been the guy that has 2,500 to 3,000 calories a day. That's never been my MO. Uh, I think the way my lifestyle and my, my timing is with things, it's just not great for maintaining a healthy weight, right. eating late at night, mm-hmm. uh, having and, and drinking lots of alcohol. And we'll yes. talk about that yes. later. I want to talk. I, I would definitely like to get into that. Um, so this idea of kind of keeping myself fed and burning throughout the day seems to be working for me for now. That is good. I, I've learned that for me as well, um, because like you mentioned, the intermittent fasting, I I did that for a long time, and then it just kind of stalled out, and so mm-hmm. then I've been on keto for like a month. I love that word, by it, the way. <laughs> keto. Keto. Um, in my brain, I, I, I say it keto, but out loud I say <laughs> keto. I don't know what that means, but, um, but like I – I'm shocked. Like, mm-hmm. I think that all the years of fasting has kind of strengthened my willpower. So I'm not like as much as I love carbs and bread and cake. Um, you do like cake. I do love me some cake. <laughs> it has not been that difficult to give up the sugar. Like, wow. shockingly not bad. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. giving up any alcohol. I will say that. But, well, maybe a little bit. But, um, yeah. And you're you're kind of modifying to more of a brown alcohol. Yes, definitely. Yeah, a whiskey plan. And, um, you know, so I've just noticed that even though it's only about seven pounds lost, it I it I just feel small. Like I feel so much smaller than I was, and so the inches are just coming off with me. Just taking mm-hmm. taking carbs out. It's, it's what freaking amazing to me. I don't understand. <laughs> Because I get what, to eat. Um, <laughs> how often do you work out? Um, I'm, if I'm like on a good clip of uh, of being able to go, like the kids back at school and stuff, um, three or four times a week. That's really good. And I boy, I wish I could. <laughs> I need to. I I don't think it's. I can't do it. I won't do it. Boy, I wish I would. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but and it's just like I, I don't do machines or anything. I'm just on the elliptical for like mm-hmm. an hour. So that's pretty much it, but it's enough. Uh, I, I have had a gym membership concurrently since 1997 <laughs> that I paid. It was very front loaded. I paid a big amount of money, got some, got this package. This is how long I've dealt with, um, body stuff uh, Yeah, since the late nineties. And I never canceled it. So I have 15 bucks deducted. I still have unlimited 24 access to the gym that I have really not gone to for a long time. Now, my wife reminds me of this, and I always say, oh, I'll go. I will. There's going to be a time where I decide to start going again. And Meanwhile, we have a treadmill here at home that's yep. covered in laundry. Yep. <laughs> and, but So I can't bring myself to cancel it. I even though there's a Planet Fitness even closer, I could just join that, and I have friends who work out there. But that is amazing. I, I need. I know. I, I did the math. It, it's something it's... like four thousand dollars over the years. That <laughs> would not have been just better spent on a Disney World vacation or exactly. something. But 
but the small chunks you don't notice it but i i can't bring myself to cancel and i don't even know where id card is if i go in there what am i going to do are they going to make fun of me this is the guy who hasn't been here since 2002 <laughs> hey Frank, <laughs> that guy came in <laughs> you won the yeah. you won the pot <laughs> it's funny that you know i just imagine i need to face it i need to just drive around the corner it's only two miles away mm-hmm. say i this is the steal i'm paying for this give me a new card let me work out i'll, do, I'll do that yeah. i will it's I'm just going to do it when I have time. Yes. When I get around to it. Yes. That that makes sense. Now, okay, the alcohol factor. Have you this whole time have you been limiting your Oh, very much so. Okay. Yeah, I uh vacation I drank uh pretty much all day every day. Uh one day I I I was I bought a big bottle of vodka when we got there and was hitting that with uh Diet fruit drinks, you know, like mm-hmm. V8 diet or something. I like that because vodka, vodka and juice uh, is a nice fit for me. Um, so, but I was kind of main mainlining alcohol throughout the day, all trip. And I'm a beer guy primarily. I like beer, uh, cold beer after work, mm-hmm. great. But since the diet, I've pretty much kind of abstained from alcohol altogether. There were only a couple times where I had a gig, and I had a couple beers at that gig. And then there was a wrestling show, and I drank for the wrestling show. Then there was a wrestling show the next month, and my friend brought over a thing of White Claws, which I had no idea were as low-carb as they are. They are. They are low-carb, low-calorie. Yes. So I had something like six of those at, at a sitting. <laughs> and then I had my, right. my cl- class reunion this week, and I kind of let the floodgates open, and I couldn't stop drinking. That and it was kind of kind of a realization for me though uh, that there are times that when it's like at a wedding or at a tailgate as many of you recall <laughs> uh, yep. if i have unfettered access to alcohol and no real reason to stop i won't stop and that's kind of scary for me it is yeah i, I see what you mean uh, i'm i'm right there with you uh uh you know. <laughs> so i, I is. This, is, this is a judgment for me so i I have a family history of alcoholism. Um, my grandfather was pretty much an everyday gin and but gin uh, martini. Yeah, or yeah, gin martini or vodka martini. He called it his attitude adjustment. My <laughs> grandmother would have it ready for him when he came home from the station. He had a, a Chevron station that he ran for many, many years. He owned and ran. It was, it was his deal. So he would get home at 3 or 4 o'clock and have a couple of those every day. Um, my other side of the family, there's always red wine. They're just always, and and everybody seems to handle it okay. I have two first cousins, though, who definitely have had alcohol problems. And I, I think there's something to genealogy and alcoholism. Oh. And there, I know there's different sorts of alcoholism. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if, you know, because I've been able to go extended periods without it and not really crave it. But then... Oh, it's a wrestling show. I I probably need to drink to enjoy this the mm-hmm. way I want to. Is mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't derive. I can't just sit down and watch wrestling as the way I used to. And this is this is just for me. All of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but wanting to drink while I watch wrestling with friends is is something that's I want to do. I I, I think it's part of the process for you know me. Why? Just being able to. It's oh, so much fucking fun when you. Do it that. is fun. Uh, it's a fucking blast to do. So that's why you like it. It's the same thing with me. Like, no, like watching wrestling and drinking is like top and mm-hmm. <laughs> my like most favorite activities. So, uh, yeah, I don't want to give that up either. So I have to look at it, though. I mean, I have had 
times where I've blacked out or I don't remember that happening or even more scary, I don't remember driving home. Yes. Yep. So, you know, was I did, – did I remember at the time and then drink more when I got home to forget that? Or was I really drunk enough at the time to do that? I have to wonder, you know, that's very scary for me it that is. I have these blank spots. Yeah. So I, have to, I, I think I'm not at the point to say that, no, I'm definitely an alcoholic and I have to stop. Um, but I, I guess I have to just kind of evaluate it at a case-by-case basis for me. You know, is this going to be a time where it's okay for me to drink or not? I, I haven't wanted to drink since then, that's for sure. Yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you had those wake-up calls and then you're like, uh, okay, I'm going to lay off for this for a week mm-hmm. and see how it goes. <laughs> Do you ever um, throw up and then not remember vomiting? No, if I throw up, I'm always tr- traumatized and I remember okay. all of it. It's fucking horrible. I hate yeah. throwing up. Because apparently that's happened to me where I, I've my wife will say, yeah, you were, you were up a couple times. I heard you heaving. And I'm like, well, I don't remember. <laughs> and it's really kind of a, a wake up call. Also so, kind of a blessing. And, I mean, you don't want to remember. <laughs> well, that. yeah, it helps get through it. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. it your, your, um, your body purging the toxins. Yeah. Without your brain's help. It's just, you know, there's right. nothing upstairs. It's just... and, and the longer you go without drinking, the more effective that first few drinks are. Exactly. Yep. So I'm not what ready necessarily to say uh, I'm an alcoholic. I'm going to stop. Somebody's going to reuse that audio, uh, but <laughs> I, I am thinking about it. You know, am I am I going to and check back with me after Hell in a Cell because I'm right, going to see yes. WWE Hell in a Cell with my son, and I may have a beer or two there just awesome. just and, and test it. But yeah, I'm excited about going to uh, see that. That's his first pay per view. He's going been to a couple Raws. Um, but plans are he and I to go to WrestleMania next year. So that oh, yes. hopefully will uh, be be a, a good thing. And it's one of those things that I'm just very thankful I have a son who's into wrestling. Yes. And even though he knows it's worked now mm-hmm. and, you know, he's kind of like, why didn't you tell me? Why did I have to figure this out on my own? I'm like, well, you know, there are things, Santa Claus, uh, <laughs> Tooth Fairy, pro wrestling. We want we want <laughs> to maintain the mystique. It's kind of fun for us yeah. as parents who uh, have these secrets over our kids. Um, but but now he's fine with it. He can enjoy it. He watches Botchamania. Oh, I don't nice. know if you're, you're so, so he knows he knows the whole deal. Like, well, no, this is just entertainment and stories. And it's like, Dad, was that real, that part of it? I'm like, no, I don't think it was. Is this the but, older one or the younger one? Yeah. Okay. My younger one doesn't does not care yeah. for it. He, he only likes it if it's something sublimely ridiculous. Yes. And... and, and He'll go. That was amazing. Some kind of hardcore death match or something. Like that. <laughs> but he, he he he's a weird one. My my younger son um, is nine, and he's perpetually a troll. Having two kids oh is God. very. They're so different. My my children. Um, older one is sensitive and still funny in his own way, and uh, sweet, caring, affectionate. The younger one is trolling twenty four seven. Just wants to be John Belushi type class clown, but he's so funny, or he's so, and he's so smart. Yeah. You know, he's the kind of kid that will say things under his breath or say things at school, and the teacher can't discipline him because she's too busy laughing. Yep. You know. Yep. <laughs> like, I, my son is like a combination of those two. Yeah. Yeah. He's like supremely like 
sweet, like you said, caring and sensitive, but then he'll just turn into, you know, troll monster and then just, you say one thing wrong and he's roasting you for the next fucking month mm-hmm. about it. So, um, yeah, nice combination there. Yeah, um, my my older son um, will never be phot- photographed. Like, he's very extremely reluctant to put himself out there in, in photos and um, I'm trying to think other examples of things, you know, or he's very talented, but he won't let me tape him making music or singing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he's really good. He's playing in bands and, you know, playing at church and he just started playing an instrument six months ago. Well, I guess uh, 10 months ago, Christmas time, which is, which is great, but he's, I don't know if it's an insecurity thing or a shyness thing, but I want, I want to like shout from the rooftops how proud I am of him and I I just kind of have to let him let him um dictate what what we can and can't say my my younger one's more of like an active disruptor if we have a family picture or something he'll turn away and just to troll just (laughs) just to be the dick yes (laughs) um well another similarity that I wanted to talk Mm -hmm. to you about was um, talking about our boys, um, my son is on spectrum and I know your boys are both, both boys. And that is in particular, I wanted to hear, um, some experiences in parenting. Like I need some advice maybe because my kid is the, he's having a lot of trouble making friends mm-hmm. and, and I always worried it was because they didn't like him, right? Because he's loud and he argues all the time. And um, But I'm finding out that the kids like him. He just doesn't like them. Okay. And I never had to, like, think of that before. I just never crossed my mind that this child would hate other children. But he mm-hmm. kind of does. Because I, I hmm. think he, he thinks is a, he's a grown person. But Right. Well, and he and you are very close. Like, very, very... And I'm not just and just in comparison to me and and with my kids, I would say because they're because I I only see them in the morning, get them ready for school, take them to school, and then I see them weekends and summers, and that that's a lot of it. They're they're in bed often by the time I get home, mm-hmm. so I'm still close to them, but we don't necessarily have that bond uh, that I would wish we could. But it's just the reality of what I have to do to make a living. My job, I have to work primarily with kids when they get out of school and, mm-hmm. and to maximize what I earn, you know, in income to provide for the family, I, I have to work, say, most of my my most dense office hours are three till eight. So I'm missing out on a lot of stuff with my kids. Mm-hmm. So I try to try to make up for it at other times. But my oldest, so I'll, I'll just kind of go with that example. Like, why isn't this kid more popular? I think about it sometimes. Like, all the adults think he's amazing. All the mm-hmm. adults are kind of like, boy, I, he, he's so mature at, at certain things and other things. He definitely is is not as mature, but uh, he's maintained a level of I don't want to say purity. That's not the exactly the word, but innocence. That mm-hmm. I like. Why why don't more kids see this? And sometimes I don't necessarily think that it's. Them not seeing it, I think it's him not being willing to um, go with share it. Yeah, yeah. And he goes to a smaller school. He's he's in a Montessori school where most of the kids have been in the same class, one of the two or three classes per grade. But you know, everybody knows everybody. 
And it's only now that he's had uh, eight years there, he's in eighth grade, that he's had some longer forming friendships. And part of it was that he had a cousin who was kind of competitive with, but he sees as a friend, but I, I can definitely see that that cousin doesn't necessarily uh, think of him in the same way as my son, who is on the spectrum and the cousin is not. Uh-huh. Uh, but there, there are some kids that I can definitely see accepting him and Evan, Evan, my oldest son, um, maybe being a little bit more receptive to it, but not necessarily having that understanding or that social convention of friends, exactly what that means. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't do sleepovers. He, right, he right. his birthday parties have always been small since, you know, uh, second, first or second grade when we just would try to invite everybody in the class. And mm-hmm. since then he's just wanted to be, well, no, I want my cousin and maybe a couple other people and that's it. You know, I, I don't know if it's a self-esteem that he has or part of the disorder because, you know, uh, autism spectrum disorder, di- nowhere, matter where you are on it, you miss certain things. You uh, don't pick up on certain uh, social conventions. And I think as he gets older and he's worked with therapists, uh, not every day, but a couple of times a week for the past few years, I just, I hope that he himself is beginning to recognize and understand what friendship is more than uh, what we've seen up to now. And, you know, he always seems like he, I would rather hang out with you guys. Okay. But yes. We want you, we want you to develop those friendships and the, yeah. those, the, and, and for you to be okay with it. It's part of growing up. It's mm-hmm. part of uh, learning about yourself and, and developing a, a self-esteem as you grow up. And it's very different from me. I, I will I'll maybe talk about, my my experience is that growing up as a kid, but he has a journal and we would see we wouldn't actively read it, but once in a while we would see it and have these crushes on girls that like, are you really talking to her and and letting her know or is this just is this healthy and in seventh grade yeah I think the hormones are on o- mm-hmm. overload there mm-hmm. you know he's had some questions about sex that I usually let his mom handle for me. <laughs> way to go there <laughs> yeah i i will I, I mean i'll be honest and just say but back then i mean if i compare it to me i i grew up in a very no you will not we don't you don't even need to know about that don't mm-hmm. don't get yourself in trouble we won't have any problems yeah, yeah that, 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 that covers was it. my my experience as a kid uh, with with my parents well do you, you know like, or they assume mm-hmm. um do you uh it, do you try to encourage your son to step out of his comfort zone and maybe like have these connections with these people? Or do you let him decide? Like, do you not push it? Do you not bring it up? Like, do you, I mean, do you try to go out of your way to schedule play dates? You know, like what, mm-hmm. it's like, what do you allow them to take? to decide and then what I don't know I'm I'm in this real in between because I know that it's really hard on him when he is at school so when he comes home he right. wants to shut down and be in his own little space yeah and he deserves that you know I, I should let him have that um to recenter himself and be you know feel safe and comfortable mm-hmm. and so I'd I'd, I'd tend to 
it'll come and go. Like I, I'll let him have his thing for a little while and then I'll try to get him out with other kids, but then he doesn't want to. And, um, so I'm just unsure how to go about it. Yeah. And we all growing up, we had neighborhood kids and neighborhood friends and not as many at home entertainment options. And, you know, we had a great, much safer environment growing up. We were able to socialize and we were kind of expected to, Mm-hmm. And most of the kids we I grew up with were okay with that. Of course, I moved I moved around a lot, but every, every I'm thinking the kind of the formative fourth through eighth grade or whatever, I was out a lot hanging out with friends. I think now everything I'm gonna I want to like not try to criticize video games and video game culture just mm-hmm. because we have used those things as an incentive. For and a reward system, but you can see the obsession with it. Oh, yeah. And I would love if he had a couple of friends that, you know, that was their bonding. Would They would play Minecraft or whatever on a server together. The other one, I don't have that issue with. He, My, my other son has kind of sought out the other bad kids in the class <laughs> and had a gang for a long time. <laughs> he had a gang. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yes, they, you know, they were all in a, this goes all the way back to kindergarten where the administration would say, okay, those kids are terrible together. We're going to split them up next year. Conspiracy. And I'm I'm in on (laughs) On the West Coast. (laughs) My, my, my son is, my younger son is, uh, I don't know which one he would be. He'd probably be the D'Amato, (laughs) (laughs) the D'Amato of his crew, Uh, just always pranking, but a step ahead. Now, um, I think I would love for my older son to have friends that he could game with and, you know, or play music with. And hopefully that's happening a little bit. He is in a a situation now where he talks about the kids he plays music with. And I, I, even though they're not necessarily the same age as he is, he is 12 and most of the people he's playing music with are 16, 17. So, so I don't know if that's great or not, but I think it makes him look better to some of the other younger kids at the church. Because mm-hmm. primarily, I think that's where he's going to have his longer-term friends. Because he's going from a private school system, and then next year he's going to public school. Oh. It'd be very interesting. Oof. So, yeah, I know. I'm, I've got a lot of anxiety about that school year. But I also, you know, I know people on staff at the school we're hopefully getting him into going to look out for him he knows people from church who are already at that school so i just i just hope that um i don't have to worry like i am worrying about it right now i it, it's tough because you want to just like support and reinforce the ideas that they have that make right. them feel good about themselves right. but some of that in real life is we grow by doing new stuff mm-hmm. we grow by taking that um well i'm gonna make friends with this person or I'm going to extend myself and learn a new thing and I'll be better for it. Right. And we have this anxiety before that, but it usually pans out. You know, what's the worst that can happen? It takes me a couple of days to, to work through that. Well, what's the worst that can happen if I put this out there or if I go for it or I, in music, I write the song, or I, I audition for this project. Um, but with, Yeah. It's hard enough, like, as adults to maintain friendships. So <laughs> adding on, you know, the responsibility of trying to get your kid to make friends, it's kind of like, well, adults can barely even keep it together. And uh, 
uh, but we don't want them to know that. Yeah. <laughs> we, so, I don't want to tell you like, how, how hard it is. I don't know. <laughs> it's like so random because um, when I moved here, I didn't know anybody. And so all of my friends are online. And uh, I went to the Braves game this past weekend and met a girl standing in line that is from Pensacola. So I met a friend in line at the Braves game and then I Facebook stalked her. And, ah, yeah. So, well. um, but like sometimes it's so weird. Like I didn't know that there were any cool people around here. So <laughs> <laughs> just the assumption. Um, random. So she's from Pensacola and she had, she was up in Atlanta for uh, just yeah. a, a thing. Yeah. She, uh, she had gotten engaged at that park and then it was their anniversary. And so they came to see the game, which they played the your Giants and mm-hmm. won. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was the game they won. I'm not talking about the Giants. <laughs> this is, you asked if there were some subjects I wouldn't like to talk about the San Francisco Giants All right, right now. Right, let not me one. make a note. I won't bring that up anymore. <laughs> uh, but I just thought that was, you know. Yeah, um, um, weren't you doing like a trivia thing with some people in the area, and how did that pan out? Um, no, I mean. There's been a couple of people that I've met randomly, um, usually just through, uh, you know, my husband's work or whatever, but um, nobody around here, you know, you can't find time to get together with an adult right. person That's part of it. for some reason. It's just, you know, you live four miles from the person, but you never see them and you text each other all the time. Hey, let's hang out. And then you never hang out. And she's like, come over to the pool. I'm like, yeah, I'll be there next week. And then. You know, the next week happens and you don't do it. Right. Real life. It's like you in the gym. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, you know, I think, I think that um, it's just going to have to be something that you decide that you're going to do. Like you said, I'm going to decide to make the time to make friends because it's important. You know, you need you need those people and you really do. Yeah. You, you need that feedback that I, I'm okay. Or I, I still, I, I'm curious about people's stories and I want to help my friends. I want to yeah. uh, see them grow sometimes. And I think growing up, like I wanted to uh, reinforce to myself that I was okay. So I would try really hard to be the most generous one or the, the most complimentary one. And it was not necessarily from the best place. It was more of wanting myself to look good. And, and I think just growing up and kind of realizing that that's people accept you for who you are. And if they don't F them, um, right. it's a big, big part of things you, and being willing to walk away in, in situations and realize that some, some friendships end up being toxic and unhealthy. So I think that, because I have so many things, I have I, I describe it as a, a starfish. I have like five different aspects of my life I'm I'm involved in at any one time. So I, I'm kind of like I have music friends and I have church friends and mm-hmm. also end up being our couple friends. I have grown to be friends with some of my adult students over the last fifteen years oh, of, of cool. my career, where you know we're even though they're paying me. I still consider myself a friend. We still talk socially sometimes or, you know, we invite people over to my house, things like that. Um, I've got the podcast stuff and I, I think I had, I, I just try and, and I have my family too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you consider your cousins and um, 
in-laws as people you're connected to socially, even though sometimes we don't want to be. That you're kind of stuck with those people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or you just move away and then they get like you don't <laughs> exist. <laughs> well, that happens yeah. sometimes too. Um, yeah. So do you – one thing that, that's been good for me over the past few years is – comics and having friends that I can talk comics with both online and in real life, you know, going into the, the comic shop, picking up my books, talking to the staff there, um, maybe meeting people through the events at the comic shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has been, has been a, a positive for me in gaming too. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't play board games or tabletop games and card games or anything, but um, my youngest has an in- interest in Dungeons and Dragons. I'm sorry, my oldest has an interest in that. So I'd like to get more involved. And so that's an opportunity I have to do it. And I, I don't know if you guys have comic shops in the Florida city that you live in. Uh, in the nondescript Florida city. Uh, yeah, well, there's one that I really enjoyed when I first moved here. And the thing about Florida is that there are these people that drive on the roads here that are insane. And when I, when I would go over there to get books, it's, you know, 45 minute drive to begin with. And then the road was a nightmare. Like the traffic here is unbelievable. And in the summer, just forget about it. Uh, Tourism, you know, is a thing. So Mm -hmm. the roads are clogged and you can't, you just can't get over there weekly to get your books. So it just kind of became not an option. So Mm. if there was somebody more local to me, then I would actually really be into that. But, um, maybe I I need a, uh, maybe I need to start a, a chain (laughs) of comic book stores. Do you, do you guys have like a neighborhood clubhouse or anything like that? You know, what do they call those things? Um, you know, where they have to plan communities and no, I mean, it's so weird because most of the population here are military. So I think that everybody just gets used to, um, not being here long. And so there's not really a whole lot of community type events. Um, but I guess, I mean, that makes sense. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, there's gotta be. If it's Something. not a restaurant, I mean, the restaurants are big here, you know, bars or whatever. So it's like, but that's not always what you're looking for. And, right, right. Uh, the beach is here and that's great. But, I mean, you know, if you want to go hang out, it's going to cost you, you know, a hundred bucks to go and have drinks on the beach, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, I think that something like that is is missed in in my little part of nondescript florida but i well, do, I do you, miss the comic book shop that i had you know in my old town i do miss that yeah and and it seems like that area dothan area seems it to be a i don't want to say hotbed but a, a very geek friendly part of the world over the years it has totally grown into that and i think it is credit to the very popular comic book store there in Dothan that um, has really been, become a place where people could go and meet other people and start 
you know, whatever they want to start. So I, I recently learned it's pronounced Fanticon. Fanticon, yes. <laughs> no, it's spelled Fanaticon, but it's pronounced Fanticon. Jim Ross can call it whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh I yeah, I miss it. Like I I wish there was something like that. Yeah. I and I think it's a balance too because you know, some of our best friends, mutual and otherwise, are online only or yes. online unless it's once a year, you know, yes. convention weekend or whatever. Exactly. And or or they're online only and they'll never let themselves be seen or met by any other human. Right. Yeah, that's suspicious a, a little bit. No, it's not. We love you, Tim. I love you, Tim. Tim Bob. Um, we understand, though. We do. <laughs> yes, I get it. We do. Um, but but we'd love someday. Because one day, if uh, if anybody has done put in the the groundwork of being accepted and uh, unconditionally loved, it's him. So you're right. Yeah. So uh, it's tough because we we all need to be social. We all need to have that contact with somebody beyond our significant other, who should be your best friend, and mine is. Mm-hmm. Um, but just because my wife and I have all these agreements about our family and our love and, and we don't share all of the same interests. You know, she's into crafting. I'm into uh, creativity and and other stuff. And it seems like the only common stuff we have sometimes is television and that that's okay. I'm not judging it. It just, I wish, um, I wish I had more couples friends here. I, I guess I have my friends from the bands and she has her friends among her teaching staff and that that's fine you know i just just wish there was more overlap between that but it is what it is yeah um all right the other thing that i wanted to talk about was your disney fandom oh god yeah now (sighs) i know you can probably go this is gonna get deep yeah this is gonna get deep jenny (laughs) but um when i was thinking about it i was like i don't really i mean you may have talked about it before but i don't really know what the like root of that is Mm -hmm. um was it like a family thing or so i was very young when my parents split up Mm -hmm. i don't have a ton of memories of that time but one of the things i remember partially because there were a lot of photographs of the the particular trip was an early trip to disneyland and pictures of my middle brother i i'm sorry I, i have two younger brothers and one is a half brother. So my, my brother and I, uh, you know, in the hotel with our Mickey Mouse masks and clothes and matching clothes and everything. And I, I kind of held on to that as the perfect memory of my childhood. And growing up as, you know, family fractured and moving around a lot, I still would try to get to Disney parks or, or would hopefully get to go on a vacation. I only went on maybe two more uh, until I was on my own. So I, I think I only went maybe four times in my life one uh, until after high school. And, you know, one trip with my nuclear family and then my parents split. And I remember my father taking my brother and I in 79 because we had uh, shared custody, not shared custody, joint um, Every school year I was with my mom and then the summer I was with my dad. Well, my dad took us and that was an amazing trip. And I remember that even more clearly uh, before my dad remarried and uh that family grew and then that group family grew and we went in 84 but in in looking back i disney 
creates an opportunity for families to do things together apart from the real world. You know, you can check out and just be immersed in these stories in this. And it's specifically the theme parks to me. I don't have necessarily that allegiance to the movies or the cartoons or the, uh, the networks or anything like that. It's, it's the theme parks. There's nothing else quite like a Disney theme park for good or bad. You know, it's, it, it's an immersive storytelling experience that uh, has you know a little bit of everything. It has a little bit of the future. Has a little bit of the old west. Has the classic fairy tales, and that used to inspire my dreams. Uh, things like Star Tours. The Star Tours ride came on when I was in high school, and that be, was I was obsessed with that. You know, I, I got to see, got to see it one time in high school, and yet. Uh, it was the big deal. I had Star Tours traction merchandise, a mug, um, you know, the ride photo. And researching and with the internet and having access to all these old pictures of Disney, it's very fascinating that they were able to do this thing whole cl- from whole cloth. You know, there was nothing there at, at Disneyland. It's very magical to me that he, Walt, um, bought all this land together, cleared it out, built it up on a berm. You know, he, he raised it off of sea level. Yeah. It was and basically then, a swamp before. Yeah. Then. Yeah. And then Florida is an even more amazing story. Yeah. So yeah, cause he, he had to do that anonymously. He had created all these companies to buy up the land separately. And then ha ha revealed himself as being the guy. Cause he didn't want, he didn't want word to get out that he was buying all this stuff. Right. Um, he, they, the Disney company, were buying all these things. So he created all these shell corporations to buy the land anonymously and then revealed it as this project once he added the, the big Manhattan Island-sized patch of land in, or in Orlando, <laughs> Orange County. But, no, it, to me, it's a thing where I connect with who I was at five years old. And um, just very special memories. I was There was a thing where I would... Before I had kids, and but in between, I was out on my own in college age and working professional age, that that was the ultimate date, was a Disneyland date, mm-hmm. where, you know, you just go at it, um, hit the parks hard and try to do every ride, and uh, there's something just magical about it when I was dating. It was, unfortunately, you know, the three or four different girls I I would take... Um, not necessarily as into it as I was. I was going to ask that. Would that be a mark against them if uh, if they weren't totally into Disney? <laughs> You're like um, into maybe just because they didn't have the same frame of reference, but it mm-hmm. still worked for me. I can still you know I'd look back and oh, those were good trips and yeah. good times going going on. But the the trips with my wife, um, we went. Early on, you know, we'd been dating for about six months, eight months, and then we went down to Disneyland and had a, a very good time. And then a couple of years later, I took her there and proposed to her discreetly. Aww. I rented a balcony, or we, we uh, there's this dessert balcony that you could buy a ticket to, and it's very secluded. Only eight people there, and when the rest of the people had cleared out there, I I quietly, you know, got her to I got on my knee and proposed. Aww. And it's very nice because I'm not one of those guys who's the public show affection. Look how great I am. I'm gonna. I'm going to do it in the middle of everything so everybody can see. Mm-hmm. I wanted the private moment for her. But, but one of the servers was cleaning up kind of in the back, and she caught it. And, like, like uh, she 
told the other people that were working with her, and they all kind of were silently watching. She, you know, Aww. I could see on my eye. No, it worked out very well. And then we honeymooned at Disney World, which was a great trip too. Um, we spent entirely too much money, but of course. And then um, when before my son was two, we, you know, you can get your kid into Disneyland for free. Till they're two or three years old. So we would go uh, quite often, every couple of months, bought annual passes and did that. But it slowed down a bit just because prices have gotten really high. It's ridiculous. Like, Yeah. But we pay it, right? I mean. We do. I don't go as often as I used to. Like, I'll, I'll go every two or three years instead of going once or twice a year now. Do your kids really love it, too? Hmm. <laughs> See there. I think I think they like aspects of it, but they right. don't get it like I get it. Right. You know, they don't know why we have so much so much Disney park stuff in our house. <laughs> like I have a whole room with just tiki room and Adventureland stuff on the walls. You know, <laughs> they don't they don't necessarily have the connection, but they still have a good time when we go. There's parts of it they really like. You know, my uh, youngest is fascinated with the monorail for whatever reason the monorail and the small world uh, so she, they like different things in the parks and it's, to me it's just a great day to get out and do stuff mm-hmm. uh they like roller coasters and thrill rides so they don't necessarily see the big difference between a six flags and a disney park hmm. but i do yeah. i mean yeah um shoot i had a question oh are you you have any plans for the new um star wars yeah, we really wanted to go to it this year, uh, but only one of the ride experiences is open at this point. Now, the end of the year, the the big one, the, the Rise of the Resistance ride is, is opening, and that's the one that is apparently going to be the kind of the be-all, end-all, the ultimate ride. So I'm, I'm holding off and waiting for that. Now, we have a family trip with my parents and my brothers for Florida, for Orlando uh, next next summer, June. Oh. And... There, not everybody is g- going to be down with going to Disney, so we may do more Universal on that particular trip. But hopefully, we can get we being my wife and my kids, we'll we'll do a small uh, California trip before and really check out Star Wars Land, which they officially title Galaxy's Edge. Galaxy. Don't call it Star Wars Land. You're right. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that we've done all the all four parks, which. You know, my kid doesn't ride anything, so... Yeah, that's got to be frustrating. It's incredibly frustrating. Although I'm not much of a rider anyway, there are some things I will ride, but Mm -hmm. he won't even really do the basic stuff. So that's another, like, accommodation, really. Because he wanted to see the parks, but he just didn't want to do any of the things. So Mm -hmm. um, that's... What's your, your personal favorite ride? Well, I didn't really get to do many at all Mm -hmm. but um the last time you just went to studios right yeah we didn't even do anything there like no rides there i saw a show shows yeah Yeah. i saw a show um i ate at woody's lunchbox is that what it's called Mm -hmm. yeah that was that was good yeah um but i couldn't even get him on any of the toy story land stuff um there was a couple of those i probably would have ridden but um I'm kind of like that's what we've been doing for our family um, for Christmas is just Mm -hmm. doing a Disney trip instead of like presents and so now I've run out of parks 
but then they're going to be doing the Star, the Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, am I going to have to plan a trip just for that at Christmas and when hmm. the movie's coming out? So probably not. Well, and when you guys go, you typically take one of your grandmas or one of their grandmas, or we did last time, but the first okay. the first two times we didn't. Yeah, we did one grandma trip. That was not the best experience. I just it was one more wrench thrown into the mix and not letting me do it the way I like to do it. Yeah, I'm not yeah. type A about anything in my life, but a Disney trip. I tell you what. You're very scheduled. Uh, I do schedule it. We have we have an itinerary and uh try to do get there certain par- amount before the park opens. I know exactly where we're going to eat. It's it's really kind of a waste because if I applied those aspects of planning and energy to other parts of my life, I'd be more successful, <laughs> I think. But but it, it is my thing, and so you know I try to be. It's more of a matter of I need to get my value out of this. I'm spending oh, yeah. so much. I need to do all these rides, and sometimes that can set yourself up for failure too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I just I just that whole like, value thing is on point mm-hmm. right there. It's so much money. I'm thinking we may – I don't want to say we're going to be a universal family from now on, but they certainly make it easier for you to go repeat times and, and mm-hmm. take some of the pressure out of that. Because when you're trying to get your money's worth and it, the likelihood that something goes wrong increases. And with kids on the spectrum, who knows? You know, There's ticking time bombs at times. Yep. Um, and I – I worry, especially with my younger one, who can be explosive in his outbursts here and there, that I, putting too much of a regiment and not allowing for just the, the opportunity to be spontaneous is maybe not the best thing. But you're spending hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Yep. So where's the where where's the line of demarcation? I think Universal, because it's a little bit more affordable and still has a lot of things you can do, and some of the properties they have – Kids tend to identify with a little bit more anyway. Um, might Hog- be a better Hogwarts fit. is amazing. Oh, my gosh. I bl- was blown away at the level of immersion and yeah. the, the actual ride. Did you do the the castle ride? I did the castle ride, yeah. It, right. it was traumatic. <laughs> right. the, the forbidden journey. Yeah, my wife will never go on that again, but Dude. I loved it. I, I Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's worth it just walking through the castle, but if, if you do rides, then do that, but... Just being did, in Hogwarts is just. Mm-hmm. Did you get the wands and? Uh, yeah, I got a wand. Nice. Uh, the butter. So there's the. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Did you do standard liquid or did you do the frozen? I did the frozen. Me too. Yeah, yeah I think so it's better good. that way. Mm-hmm. Food was good. I think that was the first part time I'd been to a Universal thing and said this is Disney level mm-hmm. of of just everything is high quality and. Um, Get you so into the story and the characters that you escape from everything else. It's it's really well done, and we did the uh, we got there early. Did the two big rides, you know the the Gryffindor coaster. I forget yep. what it's called. The, it's not a Gryffindor. Um, Garner's probably going. Dah, dah, dah. <laughs> hippogriff, fly to hippogriff, the hippogriff. Fly to the hippogriff. Very good. We did that immediately after the the other ride because I'm again wanting to maximize it. We did. Got there before the park went. We had to beeline to the castle, did that ride, then did the flight of the Hippogriff, and then we got to browse, but we went to the wand shop. Yes. And the wand shop, there's this little theater where they, it's kind of like the scene from Sorcerer's Stone, where 
the wand chooses you. Well, the wand chose my son, Evan, mm-hmm. which is pretty special. So got to see that. And of course, it's all to get you to buy wands and robes. And that's fine as long as you know going in. We didn't buy robes. We did buy, buy wands. And that was still a lot of money. It was a lot of money. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then it just sits in my closet. and just Right. You, you know, use it on the trip and then that's it. The, it the wands have a chip in them that yes. interacts with if you if you do the right motion, it interacts with store windows and animates them, and that's a lot of fun, and that eats a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, there's more of those. They can keep expanding that because you know we'll bring our wands if we can find them. That's that's a hope too, is that you're going to lose your wands in between trips. <laughs> Have to buy another one. <laughs> Who can keep up with their wands nowadays? Really? Mm. <laughs> do, yeah. Are you? Um, a fan of the newer Potter stuff or are you just like seven books, the eight movies and that's it? Um, I've not really seen much of or read much of the newer Potter stuff. I'm not against it. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely more books, movies, chick. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, I, you know, read, read all the seven books when they were coming out. I kind of got in late on that. I, it, Corey was really into it. My wife was very much, she worked for the Warner Brothers studio store. And so she was big into Harry Potter very early on, but they were, you know, at the fifth or sixth book by the time she and I started dating. Mm -hmm. Um, So part of it was um, having, having this relationship with a, uh, what's the word? Not a fandom, but a, a franchise. Mm-hmm. And then having to kind of transfer that from relationship, personal relationship with the girl I was dating before Corey into that. And, you know, it was, it, she was much more into it than I was initially. And getting into the books, very good, very enjoyable. The movies hit or miss for me. The first two movies are very basic, but mm-hmm. the rest of them are pretty well done, I think. And then they've come, and they're trying to expand the prequels i guess i i want to call them the the uh newt scamander right. stories I, I like those movies a lot i really like the first one the second one i think is problematic for me but i like the characters and i love the idea of them coming to america mm-hmm. like all the performances the second one i think you know with the johnny depp problem yeah is is something and some of the, some of the choices made and then mcgongagal shows up and yeah. this is like 30 years before she's even born. So <laughs> I, it makes me kind of worried. Well, what are they doing? Are they just, is, are the, do they not care about previously established continuity or is it not that big a deal to them? I feel like J.K. Rowling's all about continuity. So she's supposed to be. She uh, historically has been, right? Yeah. She'll write this little passage in one book and then it really pays off years later yeah so, so i, I kind of trust so. her with that you know okay. and she she's writing this stuff right she's, she's she is yeah mm-hmm. so that's i think that's pretty awesome uh that she still has that much control over this um because you would think that it would have been siphoned from her by now but, <laughs> um impressive well, she's the cash cow yeah, yeah. no it's one of one of the most successful stories of the 21st century is mm-hmm. how how she had this came from poverty and developed this idea writing it in coffee shops and now it's part of so many people's lives well um i just wanted to say thank you 
for talking to me on this very first episode of the new podcast feed. And um, I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for well, that's a good conversation. Um, well, it's it's an honor to be invited to help you kick it off, and we are very proud of you. Uh, we're very thankful for all the work you've done. We, I'm super thankful for all the stuff you've done for Pop and all the hard work behind the scenes and uh, with publicity and engineering. It's been uh, great that you, you know, took on the editing of shows and did that because you you had to stretch and learn and grow, and that that's cool. And now you're going into the the realm of putting it out there onto iTunes, Stitcher, whatever, and that's another thing to learn. So no. And, but we're here for you, and I'm I'm here for you. Let me know how I can help. Very excited to uh, help you launch this in my own way, and uh, onwards and upwards. You're going to kick ass. Thank you. I I um I'm really excited about it, and I do appreciate all of that. And I do love doing this, and I just hope that that comes through. And I'm going to work really hard on it. Um, so. My pop family is my pop family, though, and I'm not really going anywhere, you know. I'm, I'll am i be around, so uh, if you guys will still have me back occasionally. Um, so is there anything that you want to plug or any of your social medias if anybody wants to talk to you about Disney and diets? Oh, okay. Well, for uh, lots of anti-Trump retweets, follow <laughs> me at Todd Weber Guitar on Twitter. Um, and lot, lots of Sacramento King stuff, but occasionally good comic book and Disney content. Uh, I'm trying to always keep my followers around 666 because I think it's hilarious. It's always <laughs> always right around there, 665, 667. But when it's at 666, I like to uh, take a screenshot of that and just like say, still got it. I'll never forget that. Okay. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> It is. It is. It's just it's one of those things that I think is funny. Um, what about on the pop feed? Anything? Yes, on the pop feed. Uh, Marvel Age every month. I'm still doing DC for you for another couple months until we take our hiatus uh, with the esteemed Russell Sellers. That's every Wednesday or Thursday, depending on how ahead of things I am. Um, uh, every month or so, we're still going to try to do Marvel Age podcasts and. I was looking for maybe some new shows to fill the void that has been recently left mm-hmm. with not just your shows, which are still going to be on on a different different place, but uh, we, we've lost songs with friends and we've lost the Marvel Age Masterclass for different mm-hmm. reasons. So we need to find some, some other pop content. So if people have some ideas, uh, I'm available there through Twitter or uh, Facebook at our Place to Be Nation group. So, yeah. Yeah, do it. Um, as for me, Do the thing. yeah, y'all know where to find me. Uh, I already pimped all my shit. So thank you, Todd Weber. Thank you. I'm very proud to be asked to be on the Jenny. How do I say this? Uh, the Jenny position, the Jenny, which, okay. I, <laughs> I I've been, okay. In- I'll give you the scoop on that. Okay. Okay. So I don't know why, but I, I've always been fascinated ever since I, like became a wrestling fan, I've always been fascinated when I would hear people describe the gorilla position. And I don't know why. I don't know why I thought that that phrase, it, it doesn't mean anything, right? Yeah. It just means like where gorilla would sit, right? It, it doesn't well, mean anything. 
Really? It, it was, it's kind of the last checkpoint for the wrestlers as they go out. And the right. first they'd see, and, you know, and now Vince is usually in Gorilla. Right. We say, those of us in the know say Gorilla. Right. <laughs> you know, he's in Gorilla. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, I get it. All right. Just it, that little turn of phrase has always been like, I don't know why. I, I have no explanation. So anyway, um, when I was trying to come up with a name, I just thought it and I was like, it sounds like a sexual position, which is what my son said. Um, when, <laughs> when I told him, I'm like, I swear to God, it's not. <laughs> so anyway, I, that, the double entendre works for me as well. So I, I was like, I think that's probably going to be the name of it. So anyway, well, there's the origin story for that. And there, there is going to be some racier content on this feed, I would assume. Yeah, probably. Probably. Stuff that we wouldn't necessarily do on pot, but you have no masters. You can just do do it. Do the thing. Yeah. Do the yeah. porn show. I, I have not decided on that, but... Okay. I will not be on that one. I uh, know. <laughs> All right. Thank you again. Thank no you. Love. Thanks for having me. Bye.